Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio, coming to you from the City of Angels. We have crowned a national champion. A couple things to me are embarrassing, though. Just embarrassing. First of all, there are six AP writers who have national championship, who have votes in the uh, top 25, who voted Central Florida as the number one ranked team in the country. Now, uh, I don't know how the AP works. I really do not. Don't know how the AP works. Don't care how the AP works. The Associated Press writers, many of whom I consider my brethren, uh, I do respect in general the idea of the media. What I don't understand is why I don't have a vote. Cowherd doesn't have a vote. Like a lot of these guys are writers that cover individual teams. And for anyone who has a vote the day after the national championship game is played to vote for Central Florida it's stupid. What are you doing? Well, they didn't lose a game. Well, they didn't really play anybody in the regular season. So I think that I think that's kind of embarrassing. I thought it was embarrassing that the Ridley brothers exchanged jerseys after the game. I get that they're I get that little brother outplayed big brother, and that it's cool to see brothers play against each other, rivals in a national championship game on a neutral field in Atlanta, and after an unbelievable comeback, 
in both regulation and in overtime by Alabama. Alabama was rightfully crowned champion. I, I, it was exciting. Like, dude, the game is over. Get off the field. Let the champion celebrate. And while you say, when are you ever getting to get another opportunity to exchange jerseys? They're brothers. I'm going to guess a lot. Um, so that's the only negative kind of, te- oh yeah. And the Alabama kicker who is going to go down as a national champion had four, four field goal kickers, a layup kick to win the game in regulation. Like, look, did Tua take a sack on first down before the touchdown pass? That was a, you can't take a sack there. Sure. Fromm took the exact same sack uh, for Georgia on the previous possession in overtime. So it's, 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 it's not as if, it's not as if even the hero of the game was flawless in his heroic efforts. But I don't know if you know this story, but the kicker for Alabama is like a lifelong Alabama fan. Parents are 20-year season ticket holders for Alabama. If you listen to the broadcast of the game last night, they could not be like, here, he went to Ole Miss, and there was a kicking opportunity, so he transfers back. Like, this is every Alabama fan's dream. All you got to do is kick a easy little field goal and win a national championship. And he didn't, it wasn't a hit the crossbar. It wasn't in windy weather. It wasn't a questionable hold. I mean, Andy uh, Papanastos just duck-hooked a very, very makeable field goal. I mean, he had a chance for a walk-off field goal to win the game. Unbelievable. At the, uh, what yard line was he at? He was at the, uh, it was a 36-yard field goal at the, Georgia 17-yard line. And he was like 19 of 20 on field goals inside of 40 all season long. And it wasn't close. So look, we could go on and on and talk about all the different things in the game. We could take some of your calls, 877-99 on Fox. But let's get down to what it really, what last night was about. Balls, stones, nuts, cajones, lower intestinal fortitude, guts, I understand that offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches are like, hey, coach, we could use Tua here. He can really throw the ball. And I understand that because Jalen Hurts was so bad and so just has been so inept that it seemed like an obvious decision to make. I was even tweeting out during the first half, Jalen Hurts is just limited. I thought they chose the wrong quarterback all season long. And Danny was like, well, they wouldn't have got there without Jalen Hurts. Yes, they would have. They didn't play a particularly strong schedule. They're a really good team. And by the way, Nick Saban has been able to get there with poor quarterback play the past couple of years, including last year with Jalen Hurts as a freshman starting quarterback. So the idea they couldn't have gotten there without Jalen Hurts is kind of laughable. I mean, heck, you even go back, you know, three years ago. And he had an athletic quarterback. Couldn't ultimately win a, win, win a national championship with it. And I'm sure that kind of played into it, Right. I mean, if you look back when Blake Sims was their quarterback, Blake Sims was just not a good enough thrower in an important game against a legit defense, and that limited him. 
But everyone has the idea of, hey, what if we throw in, throw in the throwing quarterback? But to throw in a true freshman in that environment against that defense in that, uh, at that moment in time takes some big stones. And you can remember whatever you'd like to remember about Nick Saban. I can't tell you how your memory should contextualize it. But to me, um, the last two championship games, have not, he has not had the better team. Georgia had the better team. Clemson two years ago had the better team. But Clemson two years ago, onside kick changed the game. This year, changing quarterbacks changed the game. So I want to get into whether or not if you're Nick Saban, you drop the mic and you walk out, you go to the pros. Uh, I'll tell you why I wouldn't in a moment. But how I will, when, when you know, I, I watched the game with my son and my wife. My girls weren't really into it. They pretended like they were into it when the game was over. But how I will tell, what I will tell my kids about Saban is, hey, when, when it, when it was the biggest game of the year, he had the stones, and I'm sure they were prepared for it. Right? The onside kick against Clemson, I'm guessing they prepared for it. And as much as it seemed like a stunner that he would make that call to pull uh, Jalen Hurts into play to it last night, I'm guessing they were prepared for it. Like all these things, I'm guessing they were no question prepared for it. But he had the stones to do it, and he was fortunate to pull it off. And look, some of it was Georgia. Between the safety, uh, safety getting looked off by two on the last play, or simply the play calling, which was abysmal. Sonny Michelle did not touch the ball in the fourth quarter. Didn't touch the ball once. That's criminal. They got cute, direct snap, doing all this other stuff. Like, hey, line one of those two running backs up behind from, let him hand it off or let him play action and then throw the football instead of trying to be cute when you need a couple first downs to put a drive together. But what what a, what a finish! Sloppily played first quarter, sloppily played first half, better played second half. Unbelievable finish, remarkable uh, balls it took to change quarterbacks at half. But I, I don't see Nick Saban's not going to the NFL. He's not. I mean, one can you imagine changing quarterbacks at the half? Hell, the New York Giants couldn't change quarterbacks on a season which was wasting away. They were better off losing than they were winning, and you couldn't even. Why? Because the quarterback in many ways is bigger than the coach. Don't believe me? Check out what happened in Carolina. today. The owner is bigger than the coach. The general manager and president can ruin the coach, and even if you pick the groceries and he gets you know autonomous power, the fact is there's always going to be somebody above you, and there's no one other than God above you at Alabama. And while you might say, hey, why not accomplish it on a bigger stage? Okay. I think a lot of people think that way. But first of all, you can have better players than 90% of your opponents when you're at Alabama. Maybe even more, a higher percentage. And secondly, would you rather go down as a great college coach or one of the greatest college coaches of all time and a guy who ultimately, maybe you win in the pros, or would you go down as the greatest college coach of all time? Because that right now is where his legacy stands. And if he continues to build and add to it, then the legacy continues to, to grow. 
he can push, brush it off and say no, 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 no. And Bear Bryant's still the greatest or whatever. But that's like Magic Johnson saying Kobe Bryant's the greatest Laker of all time. We know Magic's the greatest Laker of all time. We know Nick Saban, what he's done in the modern era with 85 scholarships, the competitiveness of the college football game, now uh, a plus one disguised as a college football playoff. All those things going into it, we've never seen anybody with this level of dominance, that level of guts, that level of, of, uh, of recruiting aptitude. And, oh yeah, by the way, he's done it without great quarterbacks. You know, the only guy that, you know, the, the two guys that were competitive on this, on this level in the last 20 years were Mac Brown and Pete Carroll and Mac Brown. When Colt McCoy graduated, that thing fell apart. And Pete Carroll, once he started to lose his assistance, it was like a great six year run. But the truth is that thing fell apart once Matt Leinart graduated. I I have close friends that are Georgia fans and Atlanta Falcon fans, and I feel for you. But if it hurts today, it just shows that you really care. There is not one team in sports, even Oklahoma State. I like you know I'm closer to I feel more with Oklahoma State football than I do with basketball sometimes because I covered basketball on on a on a higher level. Uh, but even when Oklahoma State you know, lost a what would have been a shot at the BCS a couple of years ago. I didn't feel true pain. So if you feel pain today, you know it's because you really cared. But what stones it took to pull that thing off. Even if the decision was obvious. Um, all right, we got a lot to get to. Saving to the Giants, saving to the Colts, maybe. I don't think he'll ever do it. I just don't. Uh, what's wrong with the Cleveland Cavaliers? I'll I'll point it out to you, and uh, why? What oh, an argument that LeBron lovers can't make about LeBron anymore. But coming up next, Georgia alum and Hall of Famer Terrell Davis joins the show next. I'll ask him what was it like to experience secondhand the loss to Bama. Whatever your New Year's resolution, you're going to go to bed 365 times this year, right? I mean, maybe more. It's raining outside in Southern California. You might take a midday nap. Maybe the sound of my nasally voice puts you to sleep. But what if I told you you can get your best night's sleep ever? Bowl and Branch, makers of the world's most comfortable sheets, make luxury bedding just for you. They cut out the middleman. They sell it directly to you at bowlandbranch.com. B-O-L-L-N branch.com. Uh, so their sheets cost less than half the designer brands, and they have twice the Twice the quality. Uh, twice, twice the quality. There's a reason why Bowling Branch sheets have so many five star reviews. Hundreds of thousands of Americans, including three U.S. presidents, are sleeping better than ever on Bowling Branch. And if you haven't slept on pure organic cotton sheets, you're not going to believe how good they feel. Bowling Branch is legit. And right now, they're offering fifty dollars off your first set of sheets plus shipping when you use the promo code Doug. That's fifty dollars off. You sleep on sheets every night, okay? I'm telling you, this is an incredible deal. Bowlandbranch.com, promo code Doug. Bowlandbranch.com, spelled B-O-L-L and A-N-D, branch.com, promo code Doug. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want, so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. 
Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Couple things to know about with the uh, Ball Brothers playing Lithuania. They're playing a junior game, and it's not even a real junior game. It's a friendly, and so to people like here's kind of the genius, the the diabolical genius to it, right? Like because people who are on Facebook don't know anything about or don't know anything about sports, they'll watch it and they'll say to themselves, "Wow." LeAngelo Ball had 19 points in his first professional game. Like, it's not a professional game. It's a friendly against a junior team that's playing against a high school team. You're playing 17-year-old kids. He's 19. Like, <laughs> secondly, uh, this is important. Lithuania is not Russia. Just I want to make sure to point that out. It used to be part of the Soviet Union, but it's its own country now. It's not even close to Russia. Do some people speak Russian? Uh, yes, many people um, speak Russian in Lithuania. They also speak a Lithu- Lithuanian. No, really? Yes. Yes. Um, so, I just, it's very, very hard to talk to people who don't know anything about anything. And God bless Jeff Goodman because he's actually a friend of mine. And I think, and he's just doing his job. But it's really hard when people just, they only choose to decipher you know, a tweet with stats and be like, that's what he, he had 19 points. And the other one had like nine points. Like, yeah, they're playing against high school kids. Yes, music. How many professional scouts are actually going to watch what the Ball brothers are doing in Lithuania as a means for judging that they can make the next step to the NBA or even the G League? Very few. There's there was two other Lithuanian juniors that play in the game that I think people wanted to see, um, but there was no level of intensity to it. There's no real, very little. I, I my guess would be, and when I've talked to NBA people that like they'll never they'll never even get a shot in the NBA because of the dad. It's counterintuitive, so maybe he's able to do the Kardashian thing and build a brand and make a bunch of money on it, but those guys are are marginal talents at that level, and. In order to make it as a marginal talent, you can't do it if your dad is going to criticize coaching staff, other players, front office management. So, um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty interesting. But last night was last night was fascinating, fascinating. The swings of emotion to which you're like, oh my god, Alabama's going to get beat. You realize that's a uh, that's like the biggest comeback. That he's ever had, that Saban's ever had at Alabama, thir- down 13 points. Kind of crazy, isn't it? Absolutely nuts. So, um, this is, I, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't have this in me, but maybe the most impressive thing I saw all night was not Tua coming in and playing as well as he did, but the class and grace of Jalen Hurts, who got pulled. I mean, he's been their starting quarterback. Uh, earned the job last year over three or two other two other guys who both transferred out. So Tua comes in and was a highly touted prospect and a better thrower, and he beat him out and was the starting quarterback the entire game, the entire season. Pulled at halftime in the national championship game. And Nick Saban, Nick Saban was very matter of fact after the game, you know. Very, very matter of fact. He just said, hey, we need to throw the ball to win. But remember, there's all kinds of factors that go into play, right? Now you got to worry at some point about 
Is Jalen Hurts going to transfer? Do you lose Jalen Hurts mentally? And by the way, when they told Tua he was going to play at the half, they said we're going to rotate quarterbacks. He didn't say we're only going to play you even though they only played him. But I, I want you to kind of close your eyes. Maybe not if you're driving. Don't close your eyes if you're driving. But I want you to think about this for a second. You've been the starting quarterback of Alabama since you earned the job your freshman year, you're a sophomore. You played in a national championship semifinals and finals last year. You, you just played in the semifinals, and now you're in the finals. And at halftime of what is now the new biggest game of your life, your quarterback, ben, your coach benches you in favor of a freshman who's never started a game. And then the freshman proceeds to not only go out and win the game, but to win it on a beautiful game-winning 42-yard touchdown pass in the air. This is Jalen Hurts after the game. Ball. Play your game. Ball. You know, he's destined for stuff like this. He's built for stuff like this. You know, he has the effect, and I'm so happy for him, happy for this team. Man. Music, you got it? Do you have that in you? Yeah, because I've never... By the time that I got out of high school and the little bit of college athletics I did play, I was so not the star anymore that that was something that I could see myself doing. Like, I, I was never, as soon as I left high school, I knew I was no longer going into a situation okay, okay, but where I wasn't about, the total about, stud. I know, I understand, but then, then you're, not, you're, not, you're not, not understanding what I'm saying. What, what I want you to remember for a second here is, when were you a star in high school? Yeah. I mean, I was like the, the best, best in my little area, yeah. Okay, so you're the best player in your high school team. You're playing yeah. for a championship. Yeah. And you're not playing well in the finals. And halftime of the game, midway through, I don't know how, how you know, like you play three games in volleyball? Uh, best of five. Best of five. Yeah. Okay, so at the end of, let's say, two games, you're down two games to none. And the only Ooh. guy, and they also pulled the running back too, which is kind of, that kind of goes, but... Uh, your coach comes to the locker room and goes like, hey, Ryan's out, and your backup freshman is in. Now, granted, you were a senior. Jalen's only a sophomore. Right. But he'd started since the day he arrived, basically. You're out. Somebody else is in. They go and win a championship. Yeah, I don't think I would have shown the same type of humility. No. I probably would have said all the you right things. You would have said all the right things. But you could have saw, you could have seen it or heard it in my voice, probably. Ramos, do you have that in Ramos is your about as, as kind a human being as I believe exists in this world. I, and I mean that uh, in all sincerity. You never had not, not have a smile on your face, but everybody has an ego. I'm just wondering. If the question was, if you're in that situation and you're the stud and they take you out of the game, then yes, I would not be as humble as Jalen Hurts would have been. Um, Dan Byer, uh, Dan, you obviously played football uh, growing up. I just, I wonder if you've, if you can remember anything. Like, this is a quarterback and a pretty well-regarded one. I th- look, I think those of us who are reasonable, it's like the JT Barrett thing. Like, JT Barrett gets credit for his numbers. Like, look, JT Barrett's not a very good quarterback. And in many ways, I've said this, Ohio State only won a national championship when JT Barrett didn't play. Right? And there, were, there was a time when they played Iowa this year, even Urban Meyer didn't go in and go like, hey, JT, you're out. We're going to put the freshman in. But his backup looked good against Michigan. Outplayed, and they wouldn't have beaten Michigan with JT Barrett. JT Barrett was playing poorly. They might have, but that was only because Michigan was playing their third-string quarterback out of injury. So, Dan, do you have that in you, that ability to, like, you get pulled, it's embarrassing, cheer for somebody who replaces you? On the outside, I think I could maybe pull it off, but no way on the inside. I I couldn't have done it as well as Jalen Hurts did. I would smile and try to do the right thing, but 
Man, there's no way you could be excited. None. None. But he sold it, and I believe it. And look, and I think, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of li- possibility, maybe even likelihood that Jalen Hurts transfers, right? Because I, I do think this is different than Cardell Jones. Right? Remember, Cardell Jones decided to come back to school. Obviously, Tua Logan doesn't have the chance <coughs> to, to, to go to the pros. But there is a certain of we haven't really seen him, we don't really know. I'll, on the other hand, he's very well regarded as a player. Um, I, I just, I, I can't imagine what's go- the emotions of what you're going through. You, your team just won, but they only did so after they pulled you out. And I don't, I didn't take it to be an act, right? Like, I feel like you can read people. And so just hopping in on every huddle, you could see to be an act. But I felt like he was still completely engaged not just ready to play, but cheering for his teammate. And then his answer was honest. I, I thought that's one of those deals to which, um, you know, last year, the former head, now former head coach, University of Tennessee, right? Remember he said, uh, we're champions of life, right? Do you remember that? And he got killed. He got absolutely killed in the media for saying, hey, we may not be the champions of the SEC, we're the champions of life. That That's a champion of life. Butch Jones may have gotten clowned for it, but Jalen Hurts cheering for, legitimately rooting for his replacement and being excited about winning a national championship even though he got pulled, that, that's a life champion, even if his play did not muster up that of championship-level quarterback play. Let, uh, Terrell Davis will join us just around the corner. Let's quickly get you to Dan Byer for an update. John Gruden, officially the new head football coach of the Oakland Raiders. I feel this is the thing to do. This is what I want to do. This is the organization that I want to be a part of, and I'm all in. I only live one time. This is something that I feel deeply, strongly about, and um, I'm going to do everything I can to put the Raiders back on track. Gruden being introduced as we speak with Mark Davis by his side, getting a reported 10-year deal worth $100 million to go back to the silver and black. Panthers today fired offensive coordinator Mike Shula and quarterbacks coach Ken Dorsey. Multiple reports say the Panthers will take a look at North Turner to replace Shula as the team's offensive coordinator. Of course, in college football last night, Alabama won the college football playoff national championship game over Georgia. They finished number one in the final AP Top 25 college football poll, but weren't a unanimous selection. Central Florida received four first-place votes. The Knights finished sixth in the final ballot by the AP. Georgia backup quarterback Nick Eason-Dug expected to transfer from the school with a report from the Seattle Times saying he is likely to transfer to Washington. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio's conditions on the field change. So can your insurance needs. Talk with a farmer's agent today so you can assess your policy, whether your policy is game ready. Find an agent at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. He's one of the all-time greats to play running back in the NFL. There are two great running backs uh, for Georgia uh, who did not win a national championship. He's Terrell Davis. He joins us on the show. Uh, TD, what? give me your sense now. We've, we're like 12 hours removed Still kind of emotional about the national championship game. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, it was a tough one. Watching it last night, uh, I thought Georgia played. They played well. You know, they fought hard, but I thought 
toward the end of the game, I thought it was a little bit, you know, conservative. And you started to notice two teams kind of and, and their different thoughts. You know, Alabama sort of seemed like they knew they would win that game and Georgia was sort of hoping they could win it. And a little bit in the conservative play and kind of like plan not to lose versus plan to win. So, you know, I was down there, I watched it, and I felt for the players on the sideline. And, and it was interesting um, when they were, I guess, Alabama was lined up for that game-winning field goal. Uh, you can sense that, you know, it was, was kind of like, wait a minute, man. I think, I think, I think we, there might be one more play here. There may be something magical that happens. And sure enough, they missed a kick. And you thought at that point, you thought the game was going to be Georgia's to have. But they started off well, kicked the field goal, and then in overtime had the big sack on first down. And you thought that was it. You were like, okay, this is about to be three plays away from a championship. And I looked down I was, and I looked up and I saw the ball going over my head. And I was like, wait a minute. And next thing you know, it was just like the drop the mic moment. Like, it was over. And so, um, and the sideline just, I mean, just in disbelief to see that happen and uh, and to find out that the season is over and you didn't win the championship. That was, that was, that was crazy. I know. It was, it was absolutely, absolutely nuts. Um, I know, look, I think Kirby Smart has this thing going in the right direction. There's a ton of young talent. On the other hand, like, look, Florida changes coaches. Tennessee changes coaches. Like Missouri was still kind of on the way to kind of rebuilding. It, it felt like, and they had Georgia hadn't lost a starter all year to injury. Like everything that could go their way went their way. How hard do you think it'll be for the dogs to get back uh, to that level? I, I don't think it's going to be hard at all, to be honest with you. And I think the reason why is because this team wasn't really supposed to be here this year. You know, you, you, your freshman gets hurt, your red, your red shirt freshman gets hurt, and then a true freshman comes in, and then you have this phenomenal year, and you look up and you're playing for a title, and I think this was a you know great experience for these guys, and yeah, it, w- it would have been nice to complete the you know the season with a championship, but now you know they got Justin Fields, the number one recruit uh, quarterback in, in the nation, going to Georgia. You know they're getting stronger at, at all positions. They're they're um, Recruiting class was strong. So I think this is the first step in my mind of where Georgia needs to be every year is to be competing for a championship, not just saying it, but being actually in the games. And if they can put themselves in this position every year, you got to think they're going to come through at some point. And so, I mean, just like much like Clemson did uh, two years ago, they lost that first game against Bama, came back the next year. So the rematch and won it. So maybe this is shaping up to be, you know, Georgia's, uh, instead of being referred to as the baby brother in the conference, now hey, now it's the it's the the brothers are equal, and hopefully George gets a chance to see this this rematch or, or to play in this game again. So I, I think this is absolutely anyway. Kirby Smart is doing that, and George is phenomenal. He's brought that that Alabama mentality, um, and they weren't afraid of Alabama. They didn't look at Alabama as you know this big uh, you know sort of the brand or the franchise. And so um, I think I think this is good for those guys to get this taste in their mouth and have this experience and look forward to. Uh, playing this type of game next year. It'll be interesting to see if, if they can bounce all the way back. The great Terrell Davis, great George Bulldog, Hall of Famer in the National Football League, joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You mentioned the play calling. I don't even necessarily think it was conservative. It was just like, how do you not give the ball to Sony Michelle once in the fourth quarter? Like, you know, you're a, you're a, you're a, you know, you run the football or you run play action, and they kind of fell in love with that direct snap stuff. 
I understand you want to play 10 on 10, right? Like you take the quarterback, somebody has to cover him, and now let's just play 10 on 10 kind of inside the box. But I I just, God, I felt like their play calling really got too cute and got the best of them. Yeah, but I also, I mean, when you watch, you say, okay, um, besides the the deep throw in the third quarter when Alabama scored, besides the, you know, the response they made, the answer, um, I didn't see a lot of going down the field. And I just think that when that happens, you know, I've been in those situations where you're in a game and it's getting tight, and you're like, "Wait a minute, you 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 need some you need some more spark. You need to you need to play as if you're playing to win and not playing to lose." And and I wouldn't say play to lose. I'll say this: they were playing by the book, and the book says if you're up by ten points, you're up by seven points uh, in the fourth quarter. This is what you do: you try to keep the clock running. You run plays that are high percentage plays that the likelihood of turnovers aren't there. And you don't want to make a mistake to where it gives the other team life. And that's what Georgia did. They, they weren't going for the plays to make. You know, when, you, when you're playing from behind, you're all out. You don't have to think about, um, you know, kind of slowing things down. But when you're ahead, you have to kind of think about that. Man, do we, do we throw here? Do we risk an incomplete pass? Now the clock, the clock stops or pick or tip. Because remember, they got the, the, the tip off the helmet right after they just got the interception. So, I think all that kind of factored in, and it just felt like they were playing kind of not to lose in the last couple of minutes of the game. No question. Terrell Davis joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Uh, By the way, uh, TD is here for the TVP. That's the True Value Performer Award brought to you by Vizio. Uh, TD, give me your sense. Devontae Adams, wide receiver, talented one, rewarded handsomely with a new contract from the Green Bay Packers. Alex Collins, Jordan Howard. Alvin Kamara, Jarek McKinnon. Feels like it should be Alvin Kamara, another SEC guy. Tennis, Tennessee, doesn't get the ball a ton from Butch Jones, doesn't get to start back there. Instead, behind Jalen Hurd. Um, I, I look at Alvin Kamara, that would be my guy if I was voting. Yeah, Kamara's the guy there. And, and, and you talked about the top value performer, and it's by Vizio. And it, what it does is that this award recognizes the player who's on the field performance and most exceeds the value of their contract. And I've been there before as a rookie, man. You're playing, you're playing, you're balling, but your contract doesn't speak to that. Uh, last year's winner was Spencer Ware. And fans, you can go online, you can vote as many times as you like. Go to Vizio.com forward slash TVP from now until January 14th. Uh, it's, a, it's a real cool thing for them, and I think they'll appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Alvin Kamara is going to be the guy. He's going to have a lot of awards. His, his, his hardware case is going to be filled up a lot this season. Can you remember – a, a coach going in and changing quarterbacks at halftime of a championship game, let alone doing it uh, in a national championship game. I was mad when it happened because I because I was I was hoping Jalen stayed in. Uh, you know he struggled. I was like, okay. I didn't know much about this freshman, but I knew if Nick went to him, that he was he did it for a reason. And and at least the first thing I saw was the guy was willing to run and he was he was elusive. And that you don't want to see. You don't want to see a young man to go run around. But, yeah, I mean, how about the freshman, you know, the running back? Uh, he was a freshman. Um, the receiver, Smith, was a freshman. Harris, Tua. That just shows you the depth and the factory they have in Alabama. I mean, it's just the depth, is it's, it's incredible. Um, you know, congratulations, man. You know, it's an SEC school, so I guess there's a, a bit of a silver lining in all this. You know, they want it. No, there's not. No, there's not. Okay, no, no okay. you can't. You can't. You can't go like, "Hey, we <laughs> won right, that championship." Kidding. No, Alabama's won six of them. Georgia hadn't won any. Kentucky hadn't won any. 
Vandy hadn't won any. Like you, yeah, get, you don't, right. you don't get to you're lay right. claim to somebody else's championship now. Yeah, you're right. You're Doug, you're right. You're right. I tried it, man. It, it don't even feel as good. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, like look, the Chargers can't lay claim to your two Super Bowl wins either, right? <laughs> that, that, that 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 doesn't happen. TD, yeah. always always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us, my man. All right, Doug. Have a good one. Man. That's the one and only Terrell Davis. Uh, wouldn't you love a bigger tax refund? Tax Slayer was recently rated number one for maximum refund. So you have more cash to spend on whatever the heck you want this tax season. Go out and slay it. Max your refund at taxslayer.com. Yeah, I don't want to hear from SEC guy going, SEC. SEC. Like, no, no, no. Alabama. Roll Tide. That's all you can. You don't get to put. You didn't put in on this, man. Getting close does not count. That's like, well, look. Oklahoma lost to Georgia. Georgia should have won by proxy. Big tell like, no, 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 Doesn't work that way. Nope. Alabama won. Nobody else gets credit. Who's the worst quarterback left in the NFL playoffs? I'll tell you next. Progressive's new home quote explorer makes it easier to protect what you love. Just go online, compare quotes, and choose what's right for you. Progressive.com is your home for all things home insurance. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Dating can be fun when you're ready for a real relationship this year. You need a match. Go to match.com slash Doug to search, view photos, connect for seven days free. That's one week free. This free offer is at match.com slash Doug. That's match.com slash Doug. All right, look, we got to now look back at last night's national championship game. Look forward to this weekend's playoffs. We're also now officially in college basketball season, NBA season. Got some thoughts on the struggles of the Cavs and the excuse uh, explanation that LeBron James fanboy can no longer make. We'll get to all that stuff. First, let's play a game. All right, Dan Byer, what do you got for me, my friend? Today we have got Rankum. Oh, a new game for 2018, Doug. Rankum. This is where you get to rank stuff, okay? We'll give you a topic. Hey, they just had the final AP Top 25 college football rankings. What are your rankings for what should be the final top five in college football? I know you had a problem with Central Florida getting some first-place votes. What do you think the final top five should be? Um, I would do uh, – you didn't have Penn State on this list here. I would do Alabama 1, even though I, I do think Georgia had the better football team. Alabama 1, Georgia 2, OU 3, Ohio State 4, Clemson 5. That would be my – and look, Ohio State probably had the talent to play in the college football playoff, but you know the uh, Iowa 55-point rule. You give a 55 to Iowa, it's a rule. You can't play for the national championship. Georgia, I think, has to be default number two. When you lose a game like that, you know, <laughs> that close of a game at a championship, there's no way. I couldn't believe you talked about the Central Florida first-place votes earlier. I couldn't believe that some people put them over Georgia, but they did. Top three plays from last night's national championship game, Doug. There were a lot of momentum-swinging plays. What do you think were the top three plays that happened in last night's national championship game? Um, Man, I mean, look, I think you have to go number one is the Tua TD pass to win the national championship, right? That's 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 the Chris Jenkins shot to win the national championship for Villanova. Nothing else matters because... You know, with that because that, of that play. Um, look, the the Georgia turnover after the two interception was big, but I don't think it ranks up. Number two to me would be uh, in the fourth quarter, the third TD pass by Tua to Calvin Ridley, yeah. which 
I can't believe for a second he was looking at Calvin Ridley. I, I don't. Uh, maybe he would have thought that no. Calvin Ridley was crossing, but it just. I, I kind of I thought yeah. he threw it to a different wide receiver. Yeah, I thought he was the one on the back line because yeah. he was going to be pass interfered with. It looked like because it looked like the defender was getting there a little bit early. Yeah, uh, and then I would do the black punt called offsides in the third quarter with Georgia up thirteen nothing. I think that's one that will go like you know. There's lots of plays that we will forget about, or that we'll forget about that Georgia won't forget about, Alabama won't forget about. That's one that would be my third biggest. So to a touchdown pass to win it. The uh, third touchdown pass in the fourth quarter to Calvin Ridley, which seems kind of like a miracle, kind of threw it to space, and then the block punt would be number three. The turnover off the – when the only reason I think that that interception should get some play is just because, Doug, you know when there's there's plays and you're like, okay, maybe it's just not our night? Yep. They had an opportunity to seal it, and the interception goes off a defensive lineman's helmet. You know, like right after, like if Georgia scores, it there was goes another interception where Georgia seven. catches it in the end zone, but he was out of bounds yeah, by the time yeah. he secured the ball. Yeah, I mean, like gosh, we could have maybe have done a top ten, but I just thought that interception after Tua picked it off because now you're thinking like, all right, now we even picked up picked off the backup quarterback. How about the Tua scramble yep. when he was going to get sacked on yep. third down and then that was a huge one. Yeah, that that was. Uh, final rank him for this one. Let's rank the four worst quarterbacks left in the NFL playoffs. Eight teams left. Let's pick the bottom half. Let's go, uh, I guess, worst to fourth on the fourth worst quarterbacks left. Well, okay, in the NFL so this, this is the question. Is, the, is, is number four the fourth worst or is number four the worst? Number four will be the fourth worst. So I guess we'll say fifth overall. So our number one will actually be the worst. Will be I, the I, eighth. I, I can't put Matt Ryan on that list. And I guess I gotta put Case Keenum four, Marcus Mariota three, and really the one two is Bortles and Foles. Now Bortles can run but can't throw. Foles doesn't appear to be able to do either, but Foles has shown to be a competent passer in the past. I'll put Foles at two. I'll put Blake Bortles as the worst remaining quarterback in the. I think that's the interesting portion is if you have Blake Bortles as being a guy, he at least he won a playoff game. But then you think of who would you rather have throw the ball in a game. Blake Border Blake Bortles or Nick Foles? I think that's the biggest question. Blake you have. Brutal. Brutal. <laughs> Blake Brutal. Brutal. What about the top three just while we're at it? If we if we put and heck, we can do top four if you want to put Matt Ryan in there, but Brady Roethlisberger, Breeze, Ryan, who would you rather have going into this weekend? Um well going in this weekend, I would have Brady because he's going against Tennessee, right? Mm-hmm. I would have uh Breeze because they're playing in a in a dome. Um and then I'd have Roethlisberger Although I'd I'd have Roth if if Breeze was playing outside, I would take him ahead of Breeze. Breeze in a dome is better than Roethlisberger outside. Let's re oh hey no I was gonna just say let's just quickly recap your college football top five poll Alabama one, one Georgia, Georgia two, two Oklahoma three Ohio State four Clemson five and then the three biggest plays from last night number one the game winner yep of course the number two was the Calvin Ridley catch to tie it at twenty yep and then the block punt that was called off sides which wasn't and then the four worst quarterbacks Bortles number one was that right yep yep and then Foles two being the second worst Mariota and Keenum got yep. it. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. I don't understand why we're cool with the Ridley boys changing jerseys. Like, you play for Georgia, you lose the game. Like, you can, I and I know, like, well, guys do this all the time. Yeah, like in soccer or in a regular season NFL game. Not after you lose, in heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching fashion, you lose a national championship game. Like, your brothers, you'll see each other next week at home. 
have mom wash the jersey, and then I want to wear your jersey today. Cool. Everyone's talking about playoff expansion. Why it's not and shouldn't happen. Next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the City of Angels, where uh, rainy today, isn't it? Just rainy, ugly, two to four inches in Southern California. So for a at least one day, the rest of the world is listening to Fox Sports Radio on Sirius XM Channel 83. Any of our hundreds of affiliates, including our new station in Phoenix, Arizona, or on the iHeartRadio app, we, we do feel your winter pain. Uh, but just for one day, because tomorrow's going to be like 70 degrees, and then by Saturday, like 75. So we'll just, we'll pretend like we're like, oh man, it's the weather's terrible today. And then we'll get back to it. Uh, I would like to say I'm fighting off a cold, but there's no there's no hand-to-hand comment, uh, combat on this thing. A little something in my throat, a little tickle in my throat that uh, uh, seems to be going away. It does. It gives me the smelly cat voice, though. You guys, <laughs> I don't think Ryan knows the smelly cat <laughs> voice, though. Smelly cat is a Friends reference. Phoebe, of course, you also always sing the song about smelly cat, and then she got sick, and when she got sick, suddenly she had more of a gravelly, soul-filled voice. And she sang Smelly Cat, and it sounded really, really cool, like a bluesy style. So at the end of that episode of Friends, she actually had one of the other, I can't remember, Joey was sick, and she kissed him on the mouth so she could maintain her sickness and keep the same voice. That's the voice I have today. Anyway, uh, lots to get to. I would say a lot to get to. Most notably, the national championship game. And what happens is because Alabama, like Ohio State, couple years ago because Alabama won the national championship and Alabama was the four seed who did not win the SEC championship game. There are people that say, see, you don't have to win a championship game. Why don't we just make it a real tournament? Why don't we just open it up to eight teams? Which sounds really smart, right? Who doesn't want more football? Um, and I actually think it, I, I actually believe it would be, there should be a reward for a conference championship. It's a it's a flaw, it's a flaw to the system that there aren't five spots, right? Have to win your league or even six spots have to win your league and then give a space for a Notre Dame or one at large, the best team that doesn't like that. that it does kind of sort of make sense. Here's the problem with it. The more is more idea and the we got to be the NCAA term. Look, the NCAA tournament works. Because of the bracket. Right? You guys do... How many teams are in the NCAA tournament? My music? 64? Uh, no. Oh, uh, You want to try again there? Uh, uh, Ramos, how many teams in the NCAA tournament? Uh, 68. 68. How many teams on the actual bracket? 64. Yes. You know why they haven't changed the bracket since they went to 68 teams and played the first four, which essentially play in games, though they sort of consider it part of the tournament? You know why? Because all anybody cares about is the bracket, right? The reason that thing makes a ton of money is the volume of games and anybody can fill out a bracket. Anybody can figure out how that works. And you're not going to get to 64. You're not going to get to 32. You're not going to get to 16. You're going to get to eight if you even expand at all. And that bracket, not really worth, you know, there'll be too many perfect brackets. It just doesn't work the same way. But there, there there is a sensible, honest argument for like, hey, you know, 85 scholarships, there's a ton of good teams. Wouldn't you like to see Central Florida? Fine. I have, n- I have nothing against Central Florida. Nothing. If you take the five conference champions, okay, that would be Clemson, 
Georgia, uh, Wisconsin, right? USC, it's four. And uh, let's see here, Oklahoma. There's your five conference champions. And then you took three at-large teams. Say you took a Central Florida. Say you took an Alabama. Say you took an Ohio State. It's not a bad tournament. It's really not. But but the first thing is you, you're going to now play 16 games, whoever wins the thing, 16. Um, and I don't know if you've been paying attention to the NFL, but it's hard to keep dudes healthy for 16 games, let alone college teams who you can't go out and sign guys midseason. You just can't. Can't sign guys midseason. So, and I mean... Could you add more scholarships? You can, but I don't know if you understand how scholarships work at colleges. You add five more scholarships to football, you got to add five more scholarships in the women's side. And that's not generally the trend in college athletics. Less, not more. With 85 scholarship players and 15 to 20 redshirting per year, like you just don't have that many bodies for 16 games. That's the first thing. Um... The second thing is this, and this hasn't been discussed. They got the dream possible scenario this year with Alabama and Georgia. Georgia hadn't been to the Rose Bowl ever, right? Or or no, since the 1940s. And they had never played Oklahoma. So the idea, you can go to Georgia. And then the second game, all you had to do is get in your car and drive. You're a Georgia alum, Georgia fan, living in Atlanta, living near Athens, whatever. Same thing for Alabama. Remember, you go back a year ago and Clemson had trouble selling tickets to the national semifinal. They had tickets. They have sometimes trouble, depending on location, selling tickets to the championship game. (laughs) There's just not that much money to which you can travel around to three different sites to see your team play, let alone two. Like, well, we'll do home sites. Look, all you're doing is playing an additional game and you're making your fans travel more. And you're diminishing any sort of value to any of the other bowls, which may not matter to you, but the bowls do actually work. They're fine. And you can't play 16 games. And then the last part is everybody says, man, I'd like to see Central Florida, but nobody actually wants to see Central Florida. And I have, again, I have no bone to pick with Central Florida. I'm just telling you from 25, 30 years of data with the NCAA tournament, There is no statistical proof that people actually want to watch Cinderella's in the second and third weekend of the NCAA tournament. They just don't. When Kentucky's in it, when Kansas is in it, when Duke is in it, when Carolina's in it, the numbers are up. When there's two or or three of these blue bloods in it, they're they're sky high. Will we see Cinderella against a Duke? Sure, but you better have Duke. So the idea that Central Florida, man, wouldn't we love to see them against Alabama? Well, if they win, no, apparently not. We don't watch. And it sounds like a great idea to reward a team that goes undefeated, but they didn't play anybody at the level of the SEC or the Big Ten consistently. (coughs) You play one Power Five, you beat another one in a bowl game, and suddenly that makes you, no, part of what makes a great football team is you have to go through the attrition of the season. In addition to playing an SEC schedule, playing an SEC championship game, Georgia played Notre Dame out of conference. 
So you can say whatever you want about the quality of competition within the SEC East for Georgia, but it's the attrition of the bodies that they're playing against and the fact they played Georgia at a conference and the fact that they played and beat Auburn in a rematch in the SEC championship game. So I just don't think you have the bodies to play 16. I don't think that that fans will spend the money to go to those games. I think you diminish any sort of value to the Bulls. And then people say they say they want expansion. They say they want more, but more isn't always more. Less is more. All right, Danny Cannell, uh, college football analyst for Fox, is going to join the show upcoming next. He was at the game last night. Uh, I remember I remember Florida and Steve Spurrier alternating quarterbacks. But I can't remember going to a backup quarterback who barely played was a true freshman at halftime and pulling the starter in a championship game. Maybe he can. Uh, we'll talk about Nick, Nick Saban's greatness, how hard it'll be for Georgia to come back, and is he willing now to bow down to the power of the SEC? Our good friend Danny Cannell uh, joins us. Uh, as conditions on the field change, you so will your insurance needs. Talk with a farmer's agent today so you can assess whether your policy is game ready. Find an agent at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Danny Cannell, next. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Danny Cannell sucked it up last night and... Uh, he went into the he went into the snake pit. He went to the SEC championship game, which uh, was also called the national championship game. He lived to tell about. It. He's a college football analyst for Fox Sports. Of course, you saw him last week, uh, guest hosting. Speak for yourself. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. DK, you make it out alive? I did. I, I mean, it was a little dicey there during the pregame. I was walking around. I was proudly sporting my UCF national championship gear and uh, got some sideways looks. I will say this though, Doug. SEC fans, they are, they do have that inherent sense of Southern hospitality. So they'll come up to me and they'll say something, but then they can't help themselves. Like they usually end up laughing or just talking some healthy, good old-fashioned smack talk. So it was, it was pretty cordial for the most part. And then after the game, I just, I, I laid low because I had a post-game show with Sirius XM. So I didn't. I didn't want to get out with a rowdy drunk fan because that's when things could have gotten really dicey. And 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 Alabama. Alabama end up winning, right? I mean, so that was yeah, yeah. So it, it wasn't, and they would have been gloat. They would have been gloating. That was what I was worried about. <laughs> uh, did they win it or did Georgia lose it? Um, they won it, man. I tell you, I, it's a little bit of both. It kind of felt a little bit like the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl, I felt like Oklahoma blew it more because they had a veteran quarterback with Baker Mayfield. This one, though, I thought Georgia definitely got conservative. They had the one series late in the game when they ran two wild dog runs. And I get you have two of the greatest running backs in the country, but man, Jake Freeman played so well, and their mindset on offense in the first half was completely different in the second half. And I don't know how you feel about this within basketball, but I've always felt in football, the hardest place to play from is in front. If you're if you're the if you're the leading team, and the great teams know how to close out games and go for the jugular. Mike Shanahan, who I played with uh, when he was. When I was in the Broncos, he was the head coach. He didn't change a bit. He was calling shots. He was going for more touchdowns. He wanted to, you know, get us to separate. And I felt like Georgia, and maybe it has something to do with Kirby Smart being the, 
the apprentice and he's getting a little bit like scoreboard watching, man, we're getting close. Let's milk the clock. You can't have that mindset when you want to knock out a heavyweight, you've got to go for the knockout blow. And I'm sure Georgia is kicking themselves to be because they didn't. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I totally agree. I don't know if playing from ahead, uh, um, you know, I, I, I do think you get to a certain point to which you get in basketball, you get 20 points ahead and the line, what the, the lead wasn't insurmountable, but 13 to that Alabama off in the offense in the first half sure seemed like it was a it was a tough hill to climb. Um, yeah. Did you, like, look, I know I've heard you talk about and you and I have discussed, and I think everybody who pays attention to college football has discussed the selection of Jalen Hurts as opposed to Tua to start the season. Um, did you think there was any chance that this change would be made? Like, when they ran into the locker room, you're like, oh, they're going to change quarterbacks. So I actually had some points. So I was actually I was at a tailgate with some Santa fans that I know from a long time ago, and I saw them and I texted them at halftime, and I was like, if they want any chance, they got to go to Tua. But I didn't think they would do it. And then when they did it, I was kind of irritated. Like I was like, I can't believe Nick Saban is going to bench the guy that got him there, and because I thought that was kind of messed up, and I thought it was it was getting away from what Bama always does. And it's one of the biggest problems I have with Bama is they're so conservative on offense, and they don't ask their quarterback to do very much. And I'm thinking, Jalen Hurts had one interception the entire season, one interception, and you're going to go with a true freshman who had never played a meaningful playing time? I thought it was a risk. I thought it was a gamble, and I didn't think it would pay off, and I could not have been more wrong. <laughs> I was sitting there going, and it was back and forth, and he went down the first drive, and people are ripping me for saying I thought it was a mistake. And then he throws an instruction the next drive. I'm like, well, there's your true freshman. And then you get to the point in overtime where he takes a sack. And I'm thinking, there's the true freshman. That's going to cost him the game. And then he comes back and rips that what I think is one of the greatest throws in the history of college football. When you look at execution, when you look at um, the, the, the perplexity of the play, like the fact that he had to read it out, held the safety with his eyes, and then the moment that it was in, I think it's one of the greatest throws in the history of college football. It was uh, it was Chris Jenkins of Villanova esque, right? It wasn't just yeah. it wasn't yeah. just that he made the shot. It was perfect execution of the play, perfect read on the play, and reading the defense. Um, you know, Bryce Johnson didn't guard Chris Chris Jenkins. That's how he got the three, and the safety for Georgia never came off the hash. He had the he had that quarter. Uh, quarter of of the field yeah. and 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 did not recover in time and the throw was perfect on time in rhythm and the catch was in fact made uh, a, a a pretty remarkable uh, turn of events but I actually think that Tua being sacked and then Tua throwing the touchdown pass like that is that's why you can't or can go to a guy who can who can dig you out of that sort of hole um, but doesn't it also say that. The reason they're usually conservative, Danny, is because they feel like they have the better team and they didn't feel like they had the better team last night and that's why they made the change? Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. I think, and so Saban's comments after I thought were very revealing. And I also thought that if you watch Brian, Brian Dable, the uh, def, uh, offensive coordinator, I thought his play calls were very revealing. They did not trust Jalen Hurts because, yes, played outstanding and he did a fantastic job but that was an entirely different playbook that they were calling plays from when Tua went in there with Jalen Hurts they'll call a shot play here or there and it's really they would try to take the home run and if it's not there it's pretty much Jalen hits a check down or Jalen runs the ball 
And for the first time in a really long time, I saw some concepts that were being run that you see at the NFL level, and you saw a quarterback executing them who was actually reading through progressions, and you see his eyes working the field and standing the field. And they were aggressive, and you haven't seen that in a long time. And you're spot on, Doug, because that's, that's something they've never had. It's actually one of, like, I get a lot of heat from Bama fans. I look, you know, I, I say, I don't know if they're as good as everybody thinks they are. And my biggest problem with them has always been the offense, how conservative it is. And yeah. most of the time, it's because of the quarterback play. But if this kid is anywhere half as good as he played today, they will be unstoppable because this will be the best quarterback Nick Saban has had. He's got a bunch of game managers and a couple dual threat quarterbacks, but if he gets a legit like NFL-style top first-round talent quarterback, good luck trying to stop him next year. Yeah, yeah no, no question about it. Um, can you remember like your depth of football knowledge is at least twice to three times that of mine? And I, I, I mean, like, look, growing up in Florida, we do remember when Steve Spurrier used to – toggle quarterbacks i don't remember this sort of change being made in a championship game do you no not even close. i mean i'm not working out this way and not not because of performance like i think everybody remembers when colt mccoy goes down against Bama when he was at texas yeah. and Derek gilbert comes in as a true freshman and that's what most true freshmen would do it, it implodes like it doesn't look good because they're not ready for that moment i really I can't. I can't think of any other time. You know, you had Cardell Jones, who, you know, played for Ohio State and helped, but he had multiple games, and he played great in that, you know, three-game stretch. Um, so that's kind of similar. But to do it, that's in that stunning fashion, when you have Jalen Hurts was the SEC Offensive Player of the Year last year. <laughs> like, he's, he's won. He's, what was he, 25-2 and two or 27-2 and two as a starter? And then, you know, you, you make the change and a kid comes in and he's that much better. There's just so many things about it that you sit back and just shake your head and say, this is an unbelievable performance. And it was, it was really impressive. And credit to Jalen Hurts for the way he handled himself. Because I thought he handled himself with an incredible amount of grace and class and leadership. And I think it speaks volumes to, to what a special young man he is for handling it the way he did. Yeah, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I know. I, just, I, I, can't, I can't do that. Like, listen, I... I <laughs> so I'm with you. I think it would be really hard, that competitive nature. I could do the fake clap on the sideline. Like, I would be that fake cheer because you have to, but there's no way I'm giving interviews after the game. No, the 0.0% and- <laughs> chance. None. You know? No chance. I mean, that, 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 he's just made of some stuff I'm not made of. I'm not, not, not afraid to admit it. Not, <laughs> not afraid to admit it at all. Like, he's got some. Yep. Uh, he got some um, okay, Saban's won six now. Yeah. There's some talk. Giants job still open. He always needed a quarterback in the NFL. Do you think there's any chance that he goes, you know what? That's arguably my greatest coaching performance. I won it with a true freshman. I made the move at halftime. We probably weren't our best version of ourselves and still won the game. I'm good. You know, there was talk of Texas a couple years ago, if it could be a home run deal. Any chance in your mind he goes to the pros? I would love it. I would love to see it happen. I think look at the NFL with the coaching searches, how they're desperate to find somebody. And they're failing, you know, they're getting John Gruden out of the broadcast booth and throwing a hundred million dollars his way because there aren't that many great options out there. I would love to see it happen. I think he would consider it. I think it would it would be he'd probably talk to his wife, Miss Terry. She probably has more say in this decision than anybody realizes. 
but ultimately he's 65, and I, which I think is still plenty of time. I think he'd have a seven- or eight-year run if he wanted it. Sure, he turns things around. Maybe he only needs four or five years to do it. Um, but I think when he sits back and realizes, here's the thing I think, Doug, I think he could get 10 national championships at yep. Bama when it's all said and done. If he stays there, because I think the next two years with Tua and the players they have returning, don't forget Nigel Harris, the running back, the guy that kept the winning touchdown, was a true freshman. He has a ton of young talent. I think that could be something he circles and says, let me see if I can get 10 or 8 or, so, you know, just some number, arbitrary number that he picks out and says, all right, I have seven or eight more years or six, you know, whatever it is. Let me see how many I can get. I think that is probably even a more likely scenario. But who knows, man? The way the NFL is going and the Raiders are throwing around crazy money, maybe the Giants or maybe, you know, maybe Belichick goes to the Giants and saving goes to the Patriots. Who knows? It's crazy. Uh, if it's anywhere half as crazy as a college football coaching carousel, maybe it does happen. But I'd love to see it happen. Ultimately, though, I don't think it does. Uh, I I'm, I tend to be with you. Ten was actually the number. I was on Kansas City Radio earlier today. Ten was the number that I threw out as yeah. a possibility. Not a likelihood, a, a possibility. Right. And and the, the thing is, like, could you go down as, as a great coach, the, you know, the coach to do it at both levels? Sure. Or you could go down as unequivocally the greatest college football coach ever. And, you know, like guys can say that doesn't matter to him, but of course it matters to him. Right. And if he gets 10, then he starts getting in the Wooden category, the Phil Jackson category, uh, you know, at the greatest coaches of any sport, which he probably already should be in that conversation. But then you're in this other stratosphere, which I think that would be enticing to him, I think. And it would be deserving, too, because he's done a phenomenal job. Is his is the job he's done better than Bobby Bowden, your head coach's 14-year run? You're putting this... Oh, so I, so I think they're different. And I, I, I get that so... Bobby did it forever. And I don't think Nick Saban would catch him as far as the total wins. Him and Joe Paterno, Bobby Bowden and Joe Paterno were right around 400. Nick would have a tremendous amount of way to go. But he's already at this run. He's almost at 10 years with these consecutive seasons. I think he'll probably catch what Bobby Bowden did. And I was a part of that. It was 14 years. We never finished outside the top four. And I think Saban will probably I – won't, I don't know if he can, but this, this is just – it's unbelievable. If he wants it, he can. Like it's, all, it's just a matter of time, how much longer he wants to coach. You guys won what, one, only one national championship, though, right? Two with Bobby. Two with Bobby. No, but I mean – but but – but two during that run, yeah. in the 14 yeah, years? Yeah, two during that run, yeah. Three total, Jimbo and I went after. But, yeah, so the, I, and I've been giving people a lot of time because I said if they had a playoff system where you had the top four teams, we might have six as well. But it wasn't the case. No. And I also, I give some portion of Bobby, so I have to give the reasons I, I lean towards Bobby. And I will say Nick Saban's the greatest of all time, but Bobby Bowden, I'm obviously biased. He inherited a program, Bobby Bowden did, which was a train wreck. Like it, it didn't exist. Like it was a girls' school. You know, twenty years before he gets there, Saban inherited a program with rich tradition and crazy boosters and an enormous amount of support. And it wasn't in great shape when he inherited it, but, but it, it still had a long lineage of you know just names and and Heisman Trophy. You know, just NFL guys. All of that. Bobby took something from nothing and built it into something pretty special, which uh, I think kind of separates him a little bit. I, I do as well. Are you an expand the playoffs guy? Absolutely. Absolutely. Give me eight teams. And the only reason I say five conference champs and three wild cards is because it's the easiest and the quickest solution. I think we can get that done next year if we really wanted to. But I'd be all for blowing up the whole entire thing 
maybe even doing away with conference championships games because they've proved to be meaningless. Um, I ultimately would love to see four super conferences, and then you kind of get a pseudo sixteen team playoff. Yeah, but, yeah, but here's you know? here's the, here's the, here's the problem. Okay, there's a, a bunch of you know. Can you hang on for a second? Well, let me let, yeah. me, let me quickly get yeah. uh, uh, Danny Cannell joining us. Um, let me quickly, Dan Byer, get me an update. John Gruden's the head coach of the Raiders again. I have a lot to prove. There's no question. I have not coached since 2008. I haven't won a game since 2008. I haven't lost any either. I got a lot to prove. I know that. But the game is still decided by players between the lines, and we all have to adapt every year. Chicago Bears today also introduced their new head coach, Matt Nagy coming over from the Kansas City Chiefs where he will get Mitch Trubisky as his new quarterback. I'm here because of the organization and the direction, and and I could feel that from the moment I was in that interview. That's a benefit to have Mitch Trubisky, and I know a lot about him because I had him in the combine and we spent some time with him. But this is a team game, and everyone on this team is, is just as important as the quarterback. Doug Panthers fired offensive coordinator Mike Shula and quarterbacks coach Ken Dorsey today. North Turner could be in line to take over the offensive coordinating duties. Warriors forward Kevin Durant probable to return tomorrow from his calf strain after missing three games. Warriors have the Clippers tomorrow night. You know, it's interesting as we welcome back in uh, uh, Danny Cannell joins us. This season, uh, make jo- uh, jo- tough jobs easier with a free loan and tool program from AutoZone, from AC, engine repair to exhaust and brake jobs. Over 100 specialty tools to help you get the job done right. Deposit required. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Danny Cannell, Fox Sports and uh, college football analyst joining us. Also has his own show on Sirius XM and has a podcast which you can check out. My boy Rajah Bell. Um, the, the Ken Dorsey, interesting name, Miami quarterback of a, of a championship team, right? And then yeah. Mike Shula, who is the coach of Alabama, I, I believe before Nick Saban, and if, if people yeah. remember, his Tim Tebow's last two schools were Alabama and Florida. And had he gone to Alabama and said, and Dudley Jimmy Chitwood, hey, I, I stay if, if yeah. Shula stays, n- the Nick Saban thing never would have happened. Yep. Uh, it's crazy. Small world, the way things work out. How about that boy Matt Nagy, though, for the head coach of the Chicago Bears? We were teammates on the New York Dragons playing at the Nassau Coliseum. Uh, in Long Island, we were teammates for a year. He's a good dude, man. He's a great story, too, because he was out of football, and he was doing pretty successful. I believe it was real estate. And then his wife, he talked to his wife. He had a bug, and he got an opportunity with Andy Reid at the Eagles. And they like said, all right, let's take this huge risk. And he goes and jumps full full bore back into football, and here he is, head coach of the Bears. I love it's it. a pretty good story. He's a good dude. Too. I love it. Um I love it. Didn't love his play calling this past weekend in the second <laughs> half, but but I but but yeah. I, but, I, but I love it. Um, okay, so here here's the couple issues I have with the with the play. like. Look on paper, do, do I like the idea? Sure, you have to have the conference championship games. You can't do away with those because you know, like Wisconsin, they, they don't play anybody if they're on the if you're on the other side of a of the bracket or you know Georgia on years or Missouri certain years. You know would not play anybody. You know they don't play LSU, don't play Alabama, don't play Auburn. You know, right. see, it's really hard to tell, you know, record-wise, who's good and who's not good within the conference, which is the unbalanced schedule. So you need the conference championship game. And so if you keep the conference championship games, well, now all of a sudden the team that wins their conference championship plays for a national championship, they can play 16 games. Like, you're just going to wear out the – you're not going to have any kids left. True. I, I, see, I don't have a problem. I would say knock off one of the regular season games in general. We play 12-game schedules. I played 11 when I was playing – they're adding another one. Every team plays a cake. Like a, a lot of teams play an FCS school. Do away with one of those games. You know, and, and yeah, but they, they need the, they need those season. for they need those for like Tallahassee needs that 
To, I'm for, ahead of you. For, I'm for, ahead of you. For I got, Tallahassee. I got your solution. I okay. got your solution. Have the, the FCS game, play it as the spring game. The spring games are a joke. Nobody likes watching them. The fans will go watch. But you have the Garnet and Gold game in Tallahassee. Instead of doing that, have Florida A&M, who's based right there in Tallahassee, do an exhibition game. Sell it out. Give the, uh, Florida A&M the gate. Get a TV would have a kind of mini contract. They would do something. Then you can still fund those FCS programs that desperately need those games. And then you have a better product in the spring that fans would actually be interested to watch and would be entertaining. So I, there's just so many things that like I would love. There are like a thousand ideas that are great that I think are better. The only reason I go with the five and the three wild cards is because again I think it's the easiest solution. No, no, I, I, look, I, I agree with the five and the three wild cards. I, I couldn't. Yeah. I, you know, I, I went and then because the, I the, do, I really do think UCF could have played with and potentially beaten anybody in the playoffs. And, and people laugh and say, "Well, no way, they couldn't do it against Alabama." They really could. And in, in, in a crazy setting, in a one-game scenario, they absolutely could. Would they run the table in the SEC or Big Ten? Probably not. But they might be a one-loss team or a two-loss team in that conference, which they would. We would just we, we had Bama was a one-loss team with a schedule that wasn't that impressive. They got in the playoffs, so why can't we give you at UCF an opportunity just to play? And if it's one versus eight and they get blown out in the first round, who cares? I think they would give people a really good match. I but if you do, have, if you do have the group of five team in there, I think there should be a requirement that they have. Either you know eleven wins, twelve wins. They have to be a certain ranking, something, so you don't get a bad group of five team in there. Because then it could get ugly. So you try to have some sort of requirement for them. All right. The the other problem is, like, look, you remember this from last year. This year they lucked out. You know, Georgia and Alabama playing right down the street. You know, you get in a car and go. And you know, Georgia, everybody's going to. You say we're in the Rose Bowl, sweet. But you play these games in Glendale, or you play them in Dallas. You play them in. And you you have you have these fans have to go three weeks in a row on the road. You're going to end up having empty seats in 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 a national semifinal. So I got you. I got you covered. Go first round is home field advantage. So if you have the eight teams have the first round played on site, then you have a couple things. So then the, the seating becomes very valuable. So that you will want to schedule non conference good games so that you have quality opponents in there so your resume looks good because you want to play home. You want a home field advantage in there. So I would absolutely have that first game of that 18 playoff played on a campus on site because I think that'd be huge too. I think the excitement of that would be incredible and hopefully it would take some of the load off of uh, the fans that are spending so much. And they're already doing things with college football where if you're in the playoffs, they're allowed to pay your family's way to the game. I would say do the same thing. Have, you know, bring in the families to that game. There's so much money out there. Doug, I've never been more open to different ways, and I'm not one that says we should pay the players. I think it's really easy to say that, and it's really hard to get it done. But I'd be open to having some sort of playoff bonus, maybe it's three or 5000 bucks, because they're already getting stipends that are around that much. But there's something that goes in the players' pockets. I, I would be all for that because there is so much money going around. It's really getting hard to justify just hard line, no, you can't pay them. And I don't know if you've, if you've softened it all on your stance, but I'm starting to cater just a, a, crater, a crater just a little bit because of the ginormous numbers that are out there. Yeah, I don't think the nor- the numbers are as, as big in, in reality. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, the perfect example is, like, before last night, you know, could you name, could, could anybody, a, a normal uh, – 
fan who turned on the national championship game, how many of the players could you actually name? Right, three, maybe. May, maybe. Maybe. And maybe that's because <laughs> right. they saw him the week before. So this idea yeah. that they're naming like, it's like, look, you watch the game because two things. Either you went to Bama, you went to Georgia, or you're a college football fan. Like, they don't really, it's not really ba- anybody. I mean, they change quarterbacks at halftime. And if you didn't know, if they didn't tell you, right. you wouldn't really, like, one's right hand and one's left hand. Like, okay, I'm kind of into it. So I'm not right. trying to diminish uh, the the fact the product's valuable, it's just, is it valuable because it's football, it's Alabama, it's Georgia, or is it because the player's actually playing it? I, I, I still think they got to, they get a, we're talking about a very small percentage of names for a very huge number of players that get a great, a great deal more benefits than we got when we were there. And that doesn't, right. and I'm not one of these people that's bothered, hey, they get stuff we didn't get, like, I don't care. I'm just saying, right. I, I think we're worrying about, we're worrying about things that you don't really need. The value is, Anyone who played well in last night's game will never have to buy a beer. They're part of a championship. That's where the value is for the rest of their life. Right. And I was, with the likeness thing, I never once looked up in the stands and saw 13 and said, man, what's my keep? I looked around and said, whoa, that's really cool. Like, this is incredible. I always dreamed about having that experience. Now, I played with Charlie Ward, who's a Heisman Trophy winner. And he had a you know a different uh, you know economic background, and he would say, "Man, I you know I can't believe I'm not allowed to get paid for this." So everybody has a different perspective. I just don't know what the harm would be if it was just for the playoffs because they're allowed to get these fake bowl gifts, which are kind of stupid, but they're almost probably up to a thousand dollars. The kids would probably rather have a few thousand bucks cash anyway. Yeah, no, I no, no, no I I, I, I agree. The, you know, again, can you give it to them and they don't get taxed on it? I don't know. Right. Whereas you don't yeah, get ta- you don't get taxed in the gifts as yeah. of now. Um, yeah. Like, look, even Andy Papanastos, who choked that kick, like he gets right. to walk, he gets to walk around like he did something. Like, wait, I'm the I was the <laughs> kicker on the national championship team in seventeen. Like, wait, didn't you miss the kick? Like, yeah, but you know, <laughs> right. I made some others. I made some others. I, I you know, I uh, I held a wide right kick for Florida State, and I know Dan Mowry is a friend of mine to this day. But that is something he didn't live down for a long time. And trust me, if Bama loses that game, that kid cannot live in the state of Alabama for the rest of his life. So nobody is happier that Tua hit that touchdown pass than he was. Because man, that was a chip shot, and he shanked it. It was bad, but thankfully for him, he doesn't have to worry about it. All right, keep up the good fight. Thanks for joining us. All right, man. Talk to you later, Doug. That's uh, Danny Cannell joining us. So wouldn't you love a big, bigger tax uh, refund? TaxLayer was re- recently... Let me try this again. Can I try this again? I, of course, it's my show. I can try it again. Wouldn't you love a bigger tax refund? TaxLayer was recently rated number one for maximum refund. So you have more cash to spend on whatever the heck you want. This tax season, go out and slay it. Max your refund at TaxSlayer.com. All right, coming up next, is Lonzo Ball a snitch? A Hall of Famer thinks he might be. I'll give my thoughts next. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Every day at this time, we like to play for you a portion of a show previously on Fox Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 83, uh, the iHeartRadio app. We're on Fox Sports 1, we call it. And now. <laughs> This season, make tough jobs easier with the free loan into a program from AutoZone, from AC to engine repair to exhaust and brake jobs. There are over 100 specialty tools to help you get the job done right. Deposit is required. Get in the zone. AutoZone. 
Reggie Aloysius Miller was on with Dan Patrick earlier this morning. He gave his thoughts on Lonzo and LeVar. Where is LeVar getting this information from? Unless it's coming from his son. Then that's a different story, a different discussion, and that's when I'm talking about Magic Johnson has to step in here because we have a snitch in the locker room. That's the one thing you cannot have on a 15-man team is a snitch. I don't care how good it's going or how bad it's going. You can never have a snitch in the locker room. Uh, I don't think I don't think snitch is the proper word. Like talking to your dad, this is one of the reasons that we don't go to parents and ask them questions. In fairness to LeVar Ball, if you actually listened to the interview with Jeff Goodman, he did say, this is just my thoughts, me watching, having coached before, watching a team quit. That's what I think. I want to be totally fair to LeVar Ball. But that might be the reality <laughs> The perception is, uh, this is what Lonzo's telling. And then when you back it up with Lonzo saying, oh, hey, you know, I, I can play for anyone and not saying I want to play for Luke, tells you all you tells you at least perception-wise, you think that he is rela- relaying this information via text or via phone to his dad. It's a bad look, and it's one of the reasons that LeVar cannot and should not be be uh, be speaking to anybody about the inner workings of his son's professional team. That's why we told you yesterday, Magic needs to shut this thing down. He is the face of the franchise, the face of the organization. He talked to LeVar Ball about not saying anything about personnel or coaches or anything, and he's violated it twice now. All right, uh, Colin Cowherd had this to say in regards to college football overtime. If I have to hear another person tell me how bad the college football overtime is, I'm going to stick a fork in my retina. The best 30 minutes of my life in the last week have been the 15 minutes overtime last night and the 15 minutes of Oklahoma, Georgia. It works. Nobody's turning the TV off with that stuff. Yes, the college football overtime is so drastic. They eliminate punters and return guys. By the way, the Rams have the best punter in football, couldn't win a playoff game. Chiefs have the best kickoff returner, couldn't win a playoff game. Nobody's winning playoff games, Super Bowls, and national titles because you got a good punter. You're not changing the game. You're not asking guys to grab a pitching wedge or a lacrosse stick or a goalie mask or a basketball or a ping pong paddle. What you're doing is you're taking your best players, players that play positions that win Super Bowl, quarterback, running back, left tackle, center, Mike linebacker, nose tackle, pass rusher, corner, safety. You're putting your most crucial players, field goal kicker and coach, in a small do-or-die area. And you're saying, you know, after four hours of beating the living you-know-what out of each other, now we're going to put you in the red zone. It's situational football, and that's what decides Super Bowls. Uh, Yeah, actually, situational football isn't just red zone football. Situational football is down in distance based upon where it is on the football field. No one's saying it's bad. We're just saying it's not really football. It's changing the game. It's taking away three quarters of the football field. And if you say uh, I, that was the best uh, whatever minutes I watched, uh, 15 minutes I watched, you mean to tell me you wouldn't have watched a regular overtime when you put seven and a half, it ta- it, you know, seven and a half minutes on the clock or 15 minutes on the clock and give both teams the ball? Of course you would have. Right? And oh, yeah, by the way, didn't the Rams muff two punts in the playoffs? Didn't that happen? Didn't that make an impact? So you can say it doesn't, but there are three phases of football and taking away a good portion of one of the phases of football, as well as play calling when it's first and 10 on the 20-yard line 
to go 80 yards. Like, that's football. I'm not saying it's not exciting. I'm saying it's not the best way to decide a champion in the sport. What does the fuck say? Uh, there will be a lot of things to talk about in the years to come in Alabama's victory over Georgia. But the biggest were a pair of stones shown by one man. Next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. All right, so a couple of Georgia fans are mad at me because I didn't think uh, the Ridley boys should exchange jerseys on the field after Georgia lost. Like, look, dude, I'm not one of these guys that thinks uh, that you have to, when you lose a game, you have to, no lights on in the bus, no talking, right? On the other hand, like, if somebody else wins, especially in the fa- in the fashion in which they won, we did watch. We all watched the same game, correct? Like Georgia was dominating the game. Alabama came back, and then Alabama was going to win on a walk-off field goal. They choked it. Then Georgia takes a bizarre sack, kicks a fifty-one-yard field goal. And you're like, all right, all right, now let's see. And then Alabama takes a bad sack. They're on the forty-two-yard line, and then all of a sudden the game is over. Just like. What the, the the range and emotions and who's gonna win? It was amazing. I have no connection to either team. Don't care. But like, if you lose, you don't stay on the field and celebrate, even if it's your brother who won. Like literally, your brother. Not like your football. Well, football's family. We're all brothers. Not not <laughs> like Cameron Ridley is literally his brother. Like, well, it's a it's an incredible moment when they could switch jerseys. Like, they're still gonna be brothers. They can change jerseys anytime. It's a championship game. Go in your locker room, take a shower, put on your sweats, come out and shake your brother's hand as team beats you. I I am it's not that I don't believe in participation trophies for six and seven year olds, maybe, maybe even eight year olds. Okay, but at some point, we start deciding champions, winning and losing, and losing has to matter. You want losing to hurt. It's supposed to hurt. Uh, this is what I tell my kids all the time. It is okay to be jealous. Okay. What you can't do is you can't, you can't not like somebody or make fun of somebody because you're insecure because you're jealous of something they have that you do not. It's okay to be jealous. If you use that jealousy as motivation to try and get better, it's Okay. To say I'm not jealous of like, okay, but that's you're not competitive. And if you're a competitor and your brother's team beats you when you kind of feel like you have the game won and then you survive and then maybe you have the game won and then you lose, I, I don't know. I don't feel like that's being the best teammate in the world. That's understanding the emotions that other people are sharing. You're like, well, they're brothers, so it's different. Like, no, really not. Actually, if you're brothers, you don't need to switch jerseys on the field. That's just for show. Now you're doing it for everybody else. You're not doing it for yourself. So Riley Ridley actually had a really good game. You know, he only had 14 catches all year and um, all season, 14 catches. And he had six last night. Six of his 14 catches. Six catches, 82 yards. So he goes and exchanges jersey with his brothers. Like, if you're doing it on a football field, on the field of a game, and you're going to see your brother a million times, I don't know, thousand times, 
You're definitely going to see him 10 times before the next football season. You mean to tell me you can't switch jerseys then? In that particular moment, you had to switch jerseys? Like, that's dumb. No, no one reasonably agrees with that. Reasonably. Reasonably speaking. But I don't think that's going to be the, 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 the talk about the game. I do think Tua uh, is going to be the talk of the game. But I want you to ask yourself, have, have you ever seen a moment, ever seen a moment, in which that happened? Right? Like you go in at half, and Jalen Hurts was 3 of 8, 28 yards. Six catches, 40, six runs, 47 yards rushing, including a 131-yarder. And you're like, mm, let's switch quarterbacks. To Tua uh, Tagvaloa, Okay, and two is listed at six one. He's probably closer to the five eleven variety. He's kind of built like a a Samoan uh, Russell left handed Russell Wilson. The most passes he had thrown in a game were twelve against Tennessee. Everyone knows that he can throw it better than Jalen Hurts, but the idea that you're going to do it in a national championship game against a really good defense when you hadn't played against Clemson. Didn't play against Auburn their last game of the season. Didn't play against LSU or Mississippi State. You know, the only action he had seen since the start of November was the Mercer game. So you're like, hey, we're going to do it just like we did against Mercer. That takes some big stones. Now, I think there's an admittance there by Nick Saban. And one of the things that I think... um, College football coaches are widely seen as not having is humility. And I think admitting that your starting quarterback was the wrong choice for this particular game, admitting that maybe you don't have the better team, because that that's kind of what Saban is saying. Look, Saban said it two years ago when he kicked the onside kick against Clemson. Clemson was better. They had to find a way to win. You find a way to win the game. Now, I don't know why it's not done more by football people. Like, especially a lot of these coaches, you know, you got a running quarterback, you got a throwing quarterback. Like, you don't have to leave a guy in the whole time, but it's generally not done. I just have never seen a true freshman be thrown in and then play that well. And what an incredible difference it was. Yes, John Ramos. I think the majority of coaches, from what I've felt over the many, many years, is keep the guys in there and they grind it out, right? That's what you feel most of like, hey, he's having a tough time at the beginning, but we kept him in there. He found his game. He grinded it out. And you're right. For someone to just kind of throw that to the side and yank them out of the game and say, this ain't working. We got to do something else is kind of fresh, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Take some real stones. Now, only he could have done it, right? <laughs> he's the only guy. Like, Urban Meyer is the other one, but he, Urban Meyer wouldn't do it to JT Barrett. Well, because JT Barrett's a senior. Like, so what? His JT Barrett's backup was better than him in the uh, in the Michigan game. When JT got hurt, his backup was was the better player. So I'm I I completely understand what you know the idea that that um, anybody could. I've heard people. Well, it was obvious he had to do it. Like not really. If you've seen Jalen Hurts, actually he he was terrible last year in the championship game. Then he put together one big drive at the end of the game. I mean, honestly, Jalen Hurts was the reason that I picked Georgia to win the game. 
I didn't think he can throw a football. I don't think he's a very good quarterback. Not at this level of play. <clears throat> but what a throw. What a catch. What an ending. You know, also that game reminded me of, reminded me of, uh, do you guys remember the Carolina Panther New England Patriots Super Bowl that was won on a walk-off field goal by uh, Adam Vinatieri? There's a game that wasn't a very well-played game. But because of how exciting it was when it ended, it'll forever be remembered as a great Super Bowl. You even look back to the, the Rams-Patriots Super Bowl, the first win for Tom Brady. right? We think of it as Tom Brady, and the story of that game, um, excuse me, the Rams-Titans game. Rams-Titans game, right? Like The story of that game now is told of the Titans coming up a yard short at the end of the game, but it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't that well played a game. We remember the ending far more than the meat. But that took some huge stones to do, right? Because if it backfires, if, it, if it's a Nathan Peterman, right? Because I think that's our, <clears throat> Sean McDermott changes quarterbacks, gave the kid a week to prepare, throws five picks. I think that's kind of what we're coming from. It sounds like a great idea. You got a veteran guy, but he's got a ceiling, Right? I mean, it happened this past weekend. The Buffalo Bills are playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Bills quarterback goes down with an injury, right? Tyrod Taylor gets her gets concussed. And in comes Nathan Peterman. And you're like, well, Peterman did have that one start, although he did have five picks in that one start. But at least he has some experience. And, of course, he throws an interception. He didn't Peterman this thing. He toed it. Right? You become a verb now. What an amazing decision, remarkable finish, and now another championship for Alabama, another one. Three-time Super Bowl champion NFL analyst Mark Schlereth joins the show upcoming next. Uh, I'll ask him if he's ever seen a coach do what Nick Saban did last night. Plus, I I, got to ask him, um, generally I don't like the Saints on the road, but in a dome feels a little bit different. And what about the suddenly red-hot Atlanta Falcons? They will be on the road, but against a team that's offense is struggling, the Philadelphia Eagles. And we got Pittsburgh against Jacksonville and Tennessee against New England. Does he see any upsets with the heavily favored AFC favorites? Stink joins us next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, but first, I'm here to tell you about a supplement I take every day. It's called M-Drive. If your New Year's resolution includes increasing your overall performance in any of these things, strength, stamina, endurance, energy, vitality, or, hey, man, you just want to get off the couch, start a new routine, then I, I don't, I'm not guessing. I know that M-Drive has a product just for you. Let's say you're an exercise guy. Every day, hard. M-Drive Elite, five clinically tested ingredients is just for you. If you want to shed some of those extra pounds, you know, holiday weight. There's M-Drive Boost and Burn. If you're just a weekend warrior, there's M-Drive Classic. That'll get you started. M-Drive Prime. And then if you need um, <clears throat> sustained energy to get you through your workday, there's M-Drive Workforce. All of these products are available at Walgreens, Dwayne Reed, Vitamin Shop, Sprouts, GNC. But for my listeners, go to mdrivefit.com. That's mdrivefit.com. Type in the promo code Doug, D-O-U-G, and you get 25% off your M-Drive purchase today. Any of these products, mdrivefit.com. Make this the year that you refine your prime with M Drive. As conditions on the field change, so can your insurance needs. Talk with the farmer's agent today so you can assess whether your policy is game ready. 
Find an agent today at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. He's a three-time Super Bowl champion. Okay. He's a three-time Super Bowl champion. He's a Fox Sports NFL analyst. He's Mark Schlereth. He's going to join us in moments on the show. I want to ask him, uh, first, did you guys see him win Twitter last week? He was talking about college football, and somebody asked him about, what have you ever won? He said he was talking about the Heisman Trophy. He took a picture of his three Super Bowl rings. It was pretty, pretty stellar stuff. Just stuff that we can't. I, w- I want to ask him if he's ever seen anything like that. Like that, that's a, that's a stunner. Uh, we've seen guys come out of basketball games, but usually due to foul difficulty. Not because they just weren't that good, right? And I did not hold Jalen Hurts in, in high regard as a passer, but he had been the starting quarterback since essentially the day he arrived on campus in Tuscaloosa. So what a what a move from Nick Saban. And you can sit there and and look, here's the thing about Saban and Belichick. Everybody's comparing the two. The fact is, there's no way he makes that move. No way he makes that move unless he had prepared to make that move. Right? Unless unless they had gotten Tua ready in the weeks leading up to the college football playoff in case they need to throw the ball more. You don't go like, all right, well, let's go to plan B. Their plan B was ready to go. Mark Slaver joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Can you remember a game played at a high level where a coach pulled a quarterback at the half? <laughs> no. I mean, phenomenal. First, it's just, like you said, obviously the prep work had been done. There had been preparation in the weeks leading up to that. But to still have, you know, the, the courage to do it, um, the onions to make that move is huge at the half. And I think the thing that was most impressive to me, and it's one of the reasons I love football, and it's one of the reasons that I love sports, and it's really easy to talk about success, and it's really easy to talk about sacrifice, and it's really easy to mention these are the things that set championship teams apart from teams that don't win championships. But it's very hard in reality to put that together. Here's Jalen Hurts. Who, uh, who? Let's face it, man. Twenty-five and two as a starter may never play quarterback for the University of Alabama again. Probably yeah. won't. May have to switch positions or switch schools if he wants to continue to play quarterback at a high level. And the first guy to congratulate the backup quarterback was he. He, he was celebrating in somebody else's success, like it was his own success after being benched, after being pulled, after being humiliated, celebrating in another success, you want to talk about championship qualities. You want to talk about sacrifice and the things it takes, the things that are required to win championships, Doug. That, to me, man, like, to me, I became an Alabama fan. I became a fan of that kid going, that is the most unbelievable thing I've ever witnessed. I mean, his excitement for his backup that came in to help win that game, it was palpable. And you don't see that, man. You don't see that anywhere in society. So I applaud the kid. I just am like, what an unbelievable inspiration for me to watch that unfold. And I couldn't take my eyes off of him. I mean, he was genuinely happy for somebody else's success, even though it meant probably his overall demise at the University of Alabama. Yeah, it's incredible. Cr- I, I, I found myself in awe as well. I don't have that in me. I just, I don't. Like, 
I do I want my teammates to succeed? Yeah. But I, I can remember every time I was ever pulled in a game, like I really didn't want us to play. I, I, I didn't want anybody to get hurt. I didn't want anybody to play poorly, but I didn't want the team to play better when I, w- when I wasn't in. I just didn't have that in me. Uh-huh. So right. I, wish I, was, I wish I was a better human being, but I'm not. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. And, you know, I mean, I, I probably feel there's part of me that feels the same way. You know, you want to win and all, but – a really, really a difficult thing, and it was uh, a testament to that kid and his commitment to his university and to the people around him, so I applaud him. No question. Mark Slaver joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Usually I, I, I have to be cautious about anybody falling in love with the Saints because we know they're a different team out of the Dome. But doesn't that change when they're playing in another Dome? Like, I know it's a road environment, but it's more about – you know, Drew Brees' ability to throw in open air. They're built to play on a fast turf surface. Isn't that what they're going to do this weekend in Minnesota? I would imagine. Also, you know, they played Minnesota the opening game of the season. Um, the pressure, and we've seen this, you know, we've seen quarterbacks, um, you know, we saw it in Los Angeles with a second-year quarterback in Jared Goff who really took some time to get going. It really wasn't. He really wasn't solid until, you know, kind of later in the second half. And um, and I saw, you know, a guy like Matt Ryan, to me, who was absolutely tremendous under a ton of intense pressure and scrutiny, um, his ability to scramble without leaving the pocket, you know, subtly slide side to side, just rotate his shoulders enough to miss the outstretched arms of Aaron Donald or Quinn and, and to be able to still keep his eyes focused down the field and complete passes. And, and to me, you know, it gave them that lead so that they could play a more balanced football game um, because truly their weakness is their offensive line. Um, if they have to drop back, if they're forced to drop back 30 or 40 times in a game, you know, they're going to struggle. They're going to have a tough time. And um, I thought he was tremendous. And, you know, I thought Jared Goff was okay in the first half. I thought he got really much better in the second half, but you know the extended layoff of of a bye week and then the pressure of your first playoff game and the fact that you've been a journeyman. Um, you know I will definitely give that edge, obviously, to Drew Brees and you know what he's been able to accomplish and especially going into the game against Carolina that just said you are not going to beat us running the football and you're not going to beat us with your backs catching the ball either. And Drew Brees is like, okay, well, how do you want me to beat you then? You want me to beat you over the top? All right, I can do that. I mean, I'm Drew Brees. So um, it, should be, it should be an incredible game and, and obviously looking forward to it. All right, let's go to uh, Philadelphia hosting the Atlanta Falcons. You talked about Matt Ryan. Um, have they figured something out? Are, are, they, are they just now healthy with their skill position players? What has changed? I know their defensive backfield – uh, has improved as they've gone to you know, more man concepts. But what in your mind has changed that's allowed a disappointing season to suddenly turn around for the Falcons? Well, I think there's a couple of things. I think that, you know, when I covered them, Doug, and I did one of their games, they're one of the most exceptionally gifted athletic teams in football. Um, they're fairly, on the defensive side of the ball, I think they're fairly undersized. Um, but they are fast side to side. Uh, their young players, especially the linebacking core, have developed and gotten so much better. Um, Jones in the middle has just been um, unbelievable, and so I think that part is really that part has really come to the forefront for them. Um, defensive backfield, their safeties, their two cornerbacks can run. I mean, they are track stars. 
but they're good football players in Alford and, uh, and Trufant. So I think they're a really good defense. They're a defense to me that you gotta, you just gotta stand in front of and bludgeon. Um, you know, straight down. Take away the athleticism, the, the speed and athleticism from side to side. Take that away from them and use the, the undersized nature of their defense against them and just come straight downhill. Is Philadelphia willing to do that? Um, and Doug Peterson, he's done it in the past. I called a game against the Chargers in which he did it, but I've also witnessed him on several different occasions try to win the game just by doing nothing but throwing the football. And that, to me, is a recipe for disaster with Nick Foles playing quarterback for them to put too much on his plate. So, you know, there's that aspect of it. Obviously, um, Matt Ryan has become more and more comfortable as the season's worn on with a new play caller. Um, they lacked rhythm early in the season. Um, they are starting to find that rhythm again. You know, 11-0 and when they've scored 20-plus points and 0-6 and when they haven't scored 20-plus. So, uh, obviously, that's kind of their season in a nutshell, but I just think there's more rhythm, play calling. You're more coordinated between your play caller and your quarterback. They're all on the same page. And I just think that rhythm has taken time. It's taken time between Matt Ryan and a new coordinator and, and, uh, and Sark. And so I think that's really the, the big difference there. All right, let's go to the AFC. Can Jacksonville win with a quarterback who can't throw for 100 yards? No. Uh, they did in week five. Uh, he went 8 of 14 in week five, did Bortles, for 95 yards. And they won a game 30 to 9. But they turned Ben Roethlisberger over five times, and they took one to the house for a pick six. Um, you're not going to get that kind of production. Uh, Bortles has got to be significantly better. And, you know, as a play caller, I mean, you tried. You tried to sneak a fullback out in the flat on a fullback slide, and you did the same thing with a tight end slide off a boot keep look, and you tried to throw three or four screens, and – um, it was it was absolutely miserable. I mean, you try to get your quarterback into a rhythm, and you couldn't get it. At one point, I could just imagine on the sideline, you huddle up your offense and just say, hey, Blake, um, if you think about throwing it, run it. And um, the first read in your progression is not your X, and it's not your Z, or it's not your Y. The first read is the D line. Find a hole and take off because you're worthless when it comes to throwing the ball today. Uh, all right, last thing. Um, how much of it is Andy Reid and Nagy, who, of course, now they coach the Bears and the play calling, and how much of it is, like, look, this is who Alex Smith is, and the, the, the player limits the play calling where the Chiefs once again give away a big lead and can't win a home game? Yeah, I, you know, I put that all on coaching. Uh, you can't tell me you got a, what, an 18-point lead in the second half, and... Your running back gets your running back who led the league in rushing and was really the difference in the last four games when you came back. You lost six of seven, and then you won, I think, your last four weeks in a row. And the difference was you went back to running the ball with Hunt. And then you get into a game like that, and Hunt gets the ball 11 times. And I think the majority of those 11 carries happened in the first half. Are you kidding me? You got to. You know, you've got that kind of lead, and you don't eat up the clock. You, you still – see, by doing that, by allowing that time on the clock as a coaching staff, you kept the read option running game open for them. 
you just didn't make their young quarterback, Marcus Mariota, who has struggled mightily from the pocket this year, you did not make that guy beat you from the pocket. You left the, you know, and ultimately a, a football game has about 12 to 13 possessions. You eat up the clock in the third quarter, and all of a sudden you're down to, say, nine possessions. Well, guess what? As a coaching staff on the other side, you're like, we got to get out of that run game. we got to get out of that read zone game because we don't have time to run anymore. And now all of a sudden, if you can just cover, for crying out loud, Delaney Walker is truly the only weapon they have in the passing game. If you just cover Delaney Walker, you win that game walking away. But you didn't even give yourself an opportunity as a coaching staff to do that. I mean, it's, it's mind-boggling to me that you go down that road. Yep. Uh, great stuff as always, Stink. Look forward to talking to you next week as we will uh, find out who's playing in our championship games. I I can take from your voice. I know who you're picking. We appreciate you joining <laughs> us. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. All right, Doug. You take care, buddy. Get in your zone with great value offers and free services to help your uh, your vehicle deliver its best performance. AutoZone has everything to get you what you need. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Michael Thomas of the Saints has just checked in. We'll catch up with him around the corner. First, though, let's get you to Dan Byer, find out what's going on in the world of sports. Dan? Raiders made it official today. John Gruden is their new head coach. It was reported earlier, 10 years, $100 million for Gruden to return to the silver and black. Bears introduced Matt Nagy as their new head coach today. He agreed to terms on a contract yesterday coming over from the Kansas City Chiefs. Panthers fired offensive coordinator Mike Shula and quarterbacks coach Ken Dorsey. Reports say that North Turner could be in line to be the team's offensive coordinator. Georgia backup quarterback Nick East is expected to transfer from the school, according to the Seattle Times, and head to Washington. And a couple of NBA notes, Doug. Raptors got Kyle Lowry out tonight against Miami with back issues. Also a bruised tailbone. Warriors forward Kevin Durant likely to return tomorrow from his strained calf. All right, that's the voice of Dan Byer. You'll hear from him in moments in regards to the press. Interesting about Jacob Eason. And just, you know, right after this championship game, the idea that you'd transfer out because from uh, beat you out after you got hurt in their, in their opener. Uh, let's get you ready for this weekend's NFL games, which um, should be huge. And the one I think that has a potent offense and potent defense on both sides, and one which kind of changed last weekend was the Saints. Saints have been running the football and throwing the ball to Alvin Kamara a lot out of the backfield, but their run game was stymied, and they found our next guest eight times, over 140 yards receiving. I've seen every one of the highlights. Didn't even touch the ball first quarter, but then he kind of got it going. He showed why he's... Been virtually unstoppable here late in the season. Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Michael, how are you? I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys having me on. Okay, so uh, uh, what was the game plan heading into the Carolina game? Um, you know, we had a great week of practice. Um, I felt like we, we worked on the things that we know they did, and then we worked on things that they could potentially do and show. So I feel like it was all in the preparation, and we get prepared really well, and we're able to execute at a high level on Sunday. It's just a credit to our coaches. The game plan was pretty much simple, and um, we had a plan. It did seem like though that they took away your run game, and that's when the adjustments that's when the adjustments were made, right? Like, was was there something that they did differently that stopped your ability to run the football? Um, you know, they they loaded the box. They played a lot of single high safety. They. Um, they tried to switch it up on us for uh, a bit, but, you know, when you beat a team two times in a row during the season and have to face them three times, it, a, a third time you have to expect unexpected and prepare. 
and credit to our coaches for knowing that and seeing that at the beginning of the week and having a plan for, you know, a plan A and a plan B. And I feel like we have enough talent on our offense to execute and complement each other. So we just did what we had to do and play Saints, fo- play Saints football. Uh, by the way, uh, you tweeted at Colin Cowherd, uh, our good friend, uh, in regards to the question, which QB had the most impressive playoff performance? Uh, obviously, you said it's uh, this isn't even debated and it wasn't even close. Drew was outstanding, and it, it felt like they took away a lot of the underneath stuff and where he found you, you know, coming over the middle, he found you a couple of, you know, he threw a couple of absolute dimes to you. What about Drew? Um, like, look, playoff Drew, it's got to be a different guy. Like, he, he seems pretty laid back. Was, he, was his level of focus different, level of preparedness different? Was there any difference in Drew Brees in the playoffs as opposed to the regular season? Um, you know, that was my first game playing with them in the playoffs. I feel like Drew Brees is most consistent quarterback in the NFL. If you look at the numbers and watch how he plays, he doesn't change much. He definitely elevated to another level at this game, but I feel like he does that week in and week out. So just just um, having a guy like that behind center and having a leader like that, um, guys, uh, younger guys, you know, we feed off that. We, we want to be more accountable for a guy like that because we know how he handles his business. So, I mean – I'm excited to advance this next round with him and and, and um, be on the same side of him and help help my team get this victory. But ultimately, Drew is, you know, in my eyes, an MVP of the NFL. We talked to Alvin last week, and he was saying, like, look, I try to describe to what what the dome is like uh, during a big game. It's like a party. Is that what it was like in a playoff game? Oh yes, sir. it's it's it's. But however, however you think of like a concert feel, like you know that that main stage, that that ultimate environment, like a frenzy. That's exactly what it was, and we feed off the fans, and they're tremendous. All right, so now you get now you get one of the most dynamic defenses in the NFL. Good news is you get to play in a dome, which is kind of super comfortable for you guys. You guys are you guys are built to play in that fast surface of the dome. Drew, I think, throws a little bit better in the dome. Like everything seems to work that way. But you're playing against an outstanding defense of Minnesota. Like I know you can't give away the game plan, but what about the Minnesota defense is problematic for anybody's your offense, anybody's offense? What makes that defense special? Um, you know they they play complement defense. Also, they have a lot of tools on that defense. You know, a lot of a lot of guys that make plays and help them win games. And uh, I feel like we have a lot of tools on our offense also. So ultimately, it's going to be another week where we're going to have to go in and we're going to have to prepare. We're going to have we're going to have to, like, you know, we're going to do more, um, correct our mistakes, enhance our weaknesses. And same thing, same game plan we've been doing, how we've been winning games, but just enhance it, find ways to enhance it. And we just have to stay on stay on point, eliminate the mistakes, protect the ball, play things football, and I feel like we'll, we'll be fine. You know, what's interesting about it is, like, this is a rematch of a first week of the season game, but, like, Dalvin Cook was their running back, Sam Bradford was their quarterback. Like, your, your guys, Adrian Peterson – uh, of course, was coming back home. Like, I, I did you, did you even watch? Can you even pick up that much from the tape, considering how long ago it was? Um, you know, yeah, it's uh, it's like night and day from when we first played them. I feel like, but you know, you still have to prepare. You still have to work hard. You still have to respect your opponent, and you know, until you match up against them. But you know, we're. I honestly believe in our coaching. I, I believe in our, our plan to win, um, our keys to victory. We have to take those and apply those from the first day. First day, we hit on the field. And we just have to be on point, and I feel like we'll be fine. You know, if you guys win and the Falcons win, you get them for a third time, you get them at home. You do know that, right? 
Yeah, but one week at a time. But I'll be lying to you if I said I didn't know that. But, yeah, one, we'll take it one week at a time. And then, the, and then the other thing you could do is you could, like, leave something in the locker room. You ever seen that trick, right? Like, you, let's say you guys win. You leave something in the locker room. Like, all right, we'll be back in three weeks. Right? You ever thought about yeah. that? Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that would be a pretty cool idea. But Coach likes us to say one week at a time, so I'm just going to keep it one week at a time. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to in front of you. Um, yeah, I take it you watched the national championship game last night? Yes, sir. What were your thoughts? Great game. Uh, my quarterback, what he did, what he showed to be able to come in there, you know he's a freshman. He's never been in that position, and you know he's going to have a couple of mistakes. But, you know, he got him out the way early, and then he came back and responded. And you have to respect a guy like that on that type of level, you know, um, the highest level of the national championship, a lot on the line. To be able to get that done, shows a lot about him. Yeah, it, it does. Then, it so might, mighty little Cardale, right? Um, yeah, but Cardale kind of had it two extra games before he actually got to the national championship. So, he, you know, he kind of was a little different. That, that guy went in with one half and, and did what he had to do. Yeah, as a freshman. So. yeah I mean, here, here's the difference, right? Like, Cardale didn't really play and then started two games before starting the national championship game, whereas Tua got to play. He got in about five or six games, and then he, he doesn't play for, you know, he played the Mercer game and then doesn't play the couple games leading up. And, and at half, like, have you ever seen, like, I don't know, have you ever seen that, like, Halftime of a championship game, you pull your starting quarterback and play a true freshman? Yeah, no, I never saw it, but it, they got the job done. They worked out um, to their advantage, and that just shows how, you know, Saban runs that program up there, and then it also shows how those guys are, how they're practicing. Um, even though he probably wasn't getting all the reps or all the live reps, um, he was still prepared, and that's, that's one thing that Cardell Jones was. That's the same way he was, too, when he had his moment. So, I mean... I'm impressed by stuff like that. Who isn't impressed by stuff like that? Pretty amazing game. Uh, last thing, uh, Ted Ginn showed, but he's like 32 now, and he's still got he still got that gear, huh? Yeah, he definitely has the fountain of use. That guy can run for days. He probably could go try out for the Olympics right now, and you know he played a lot of football, but he's not slowing down. No, he's got when he catches it. He doesn't always catch it, but when he does catch it, good luck catching him. Hey, listen. No, 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 no. Don't say he doesn't always catch it. He doesn't he always. Come, come on, man. We've watched him. He doesn't always. You didn't say it. I said it. He doesn't always catch it when he does that's catch that's, it. You're watching old film. You're not watching him on the same. He probably only has like two or three drops this year. He's got those new gloves. Days. He's got those new gloves, right? It's, it's the new. It's the new. The new. St- I'm, I'm messing with. I'm messing with. We have the. We have the new. Co- we have the coaching and the uh, quarterback. I guess, I guess. And he has the talent. So I'm impressed by how he's playing. I'm excited to see him as he's going this way. It's going to be a fun game in Minnesota. Safe travels up there. Maybe we'll see you in three weeks uh, on the field yet again. Thanks so much for joining us on Fox Sports Radio. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Michael yes. Thomas, 1,245 yards uh, on 104 catches this year. 104 catches. That's a lot. For a young player, 24 years old. Wow. Uh, as conditions on the field change, so can your car insurance. Talk with a farmer's agent today so you can so you can assess whether your policy is game ready. Find an agent at Farmers.com. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. There were cats and dogs falling out of the sky about five minutes ago. Did you guys see it? Uh, listen, I know you're, you're driving around. You're listening to us in the iHeart app or our Fox Sports Radio app. And you're like, Gottlieb, you're in California. Cry me a river. I'm like, I'm not complaining about the weather here. It's spectacular. But I've, I grew up here. I spent uh, my entire childhood here. And I've, uh, and I've never seen, it usually does not rain like this. Usually what happens is you get like a week or two weeks where just kind of soaking rain. It has been absolutely pouring, which means it's going to hit the slopes. 
then it's going to hit the Midwest, then it's going to hit the East Coast, and that's when people will cover it. How can John Gruden, the broadcaster, help out John Gruden, the head coach? You will find out next. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. As conditions in the field change, so can your insurance needs. Talk with a farmer's agent today so you can assess whether your policy is game ready. Find an agent at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Let's get to the press. The press. We bring in Dan Byer. Dan, fire when ready. Well, I will say this. They were firing on all cylinders in Oakland today as John Gruden was introduced as the new coach of the Raiders. Obviously, this is very emotional for me. I never wanted to leave the Raiders. I never thought I'd be back, but here I am, and I'm ready to get to work. Back after traded prior to the 2002 season, Doug. Okay. Okay, great. Thanks. Oh, I'm I'm kind of in on it. I I don't know. Like, we're we're it's one of those deals where like people freak out. Like ten million dollars a year. Like, yeah, a lot of the good coaches make in the ten million dollar variety, and he was making a ton of money, and you had to overpay him to get him to leave the booth. Like ten years. Like, all right, it's a way to spread out how where, how the money is. Like, there's actually a chance he does. But if Marvin Lewis can last lot longer than ten years in, in in Cincinnati, why can't John Gruden in Oakland and Las Vegas, like, yeah, I I don't think it's, I I don't think the the money is you had to overpay for a longer period of time so that he can do kind of his thing. Reggie McKenzie does need some help with the coaching. He is bringing in Greg Olson as an offensive coordinator. He's done a good job in the past. I, I I really think people freak out about money, but they don't actually understand the scale of what other guys are making. Greed. Like no one knows what other what coaches in the NFL make. Greed. They have no idea. For lack of a better word. He's good. He's good. <laughs> Great movie, by the way. There is also questions about Gruden maybe being away from the game. Well, he addressed that situation as he used his time in the Monday night booth. So I guess uh, he's over those concerns. Look, I've got to see uh, every facility in the league. I've had a chance to watch them practice, see how they conduct training camps. I've had a chance to learn some things and see some things that I would have never gotten to see as a coach. So... I think I'm more big picture now, but uh, I have had some opportunities that are unique and I think beneficial as a as a broadcaster. You play to win the game. I mean, obviously, I agree with him. I mean, I, I just I don't under I, I think what we do a bad job as broadcasters is of you don't understand how much we actually learn uh, about this or know about the sport. And I don't think everybody does. I think some guys just show up, call the game, go home. But I think there's a different level of investment from John Gruden, and uh, it's it's pretty obvious that he was super invested, super super invested in uh, not just calling the game, but the sport that he loves. And because of it, um, it allowed him to be a, a very good broadcaster. The only critique of John Gruden as a broadcaster that people didn't like was that he he did not uh, he praised people too much. Right? That that's it. That he he just. He was too effuse in his praise over every player. He liked every player. That's it. That's all they had on him. And if that's the worst thing you can say about somebody, it really ain't that bad. Right. FAU head coach Lane Kiffin told the Dan Patrick Show today that if Tua Tego-Vailoa nice. didn't play in last night's game, he would have transferred from the school. But uh, my, have things changed. He's played some, so he's going to have to sit. So he's going to go sit. And he's going to have three, you know, be a four for three. So he'll sit for a year and have three years to play. He's not going to sit there for another year behind Jalen. You know, when he feels like he didn't get an opportunity to beat him out. So mm-hmm. now now the story's going to flip the other way. You know, the story's going to be, is Jalen going to leave? Now, Jalen's such a great competitor. He may not, but most guys would. 
I'd leave. <laughs> See ya. No, no, I mean, like, look, if you want to play quarterback, it's going to be really hard. Look, it's really hard to beat out an incumbent. And I, I think that it's interesting. This is what happened with um, Savage and Deshaun Watson, right? Like, Deshaun Watson had way more upside, but he wasn't ready at the start of the year. And so he went with Savage and eventually worked him in. The difference was Alabama was winning, and you don't want to, you know, you don't want to split tens. You don't want to screw up a winning hand. Hit the road. 27.4 million viewers watched the national championship game last night on ESPN. Another million watching their mega cast. So ratings were up 13% from a year Two, ago. Did uh, Trump was there. Do you think he knew the national anthem or he forgot the words? <laughs> I, I don't think that he knew what verse they were on, maybe. You know, sometimes that. Possible, it's echoey up. on the field too. It's possible it's echoey in the field. That's that's true. Uh, the odds from Bovada to win next year's college football championship are out. What do you know? Alabama's the favorite, eleven to four. Clemson is second at six to one. Georgia and Ohio State at fifteen to two. Yeah, I mean, you know, one thing about college football is you can pretty well guess who's going to have a chance um, early on. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. This season, make tough jobs easier with the free loan and tool program from AutoZone, from AC, engine repair to exhaust and brake jobs. There are over 100 specialty tools to help you get the job done right. Deposit is required. Get in the zone. AutoZone. In Ohio State, they do lose JT Barrett, but the backup who will be there was better than JT Barrett. That might be a solid. But if Tua, with Tua coming back and all those freshmen in Alabama, it's hard to pick against against the Tide. Both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State lose their quarterbacks. USC and UCLA lose their quarterbacks. Michigan, you have somebody that you might, right? Daniel Jeremiah joins us tomorrow. So too does Carlos Boozer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, 
it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.